see it or screw it is a spoiler heavy show if that's an issue for you you can currently watch planes trains and automobiles on paramount plus if that's not an issue for you then on with the show welcome to see it or screw it my name is tj davis he him pronouns alongside i am emily schick and my pronouns are she and her i'm dan murphy my pronouns are he and him i am pouring he him and today we are watching the Thanksgiving classic, starting off holiday or holiday just a little bit early this year. Uh, I mean, at least we're not starting in like August. That would be really funny, though, to have like an August 25th, uh, you know, holiday or holiday or June. We've seen Christmas lights. I mean, Christmas in July ago. is very much a thing with certain people, so... Yeah. yeah. Also, this is I would call this a Thanksgiving movie, so this is entirely appropriate. Well, it, it is a Thanksgiving movie. Like the first yeah, shot of a... the movie is two days before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, sorry, Roger Ebert made a big deal about like like yeah, he gave this a three and a half star review and then he reevaluated and gave it a four star review because he would watch it every Thanksgiving. And it's just like, geez, okay. Well, because there's so do. few well, I agree with like... him because I love this movie before you started being really really mean to it <laughs> like obviously a lot of the humor is dated sure you know i just I'm feel not like, like i just I'm feel like, like the jokes are the whole movie the jokes are so telegraphed that it takes like it's just like they're no longer funny when the punchline finally lands like, like when he lights the car on fire it takes it, it takes like 10 minutes for the car to finally light on fire it's like this is supposed to be funny we saw this coming like 10 minutes ago so. well i i actually really disagree with you on that one i kind of love the slow build <laughs> i and do then, too you know they're suddenly on the wrong side of the road like i love that whole sequence in the car i do too personally yeah, i'm a big yeah. fan i think it's like really uh shot in a very funny way like a lot of this um and it also has like the one tiny bit of surrealism in the whole movie which i think is like excellent and I love that it's just that and nothing else. Of, yeah, like Candy appearing as the devil and Martin <laughs> with the skulls and all of that. Um, yeah, yeah no, like that movie, part is stuck in really my head. Weird, yeah, weird good. tonal jumps and shifts. Like, like this movie is rated R just for one scene in which they have they say the <laughs> f word every other word, and then there's no language anywhere else in the film. It's like, awesome. Totally worth, worth it, it though. I, yeah, absolutely. The assistant it. saying you're fucked is just like a great punchline i'm sorry because <laughs> you don't see it coming from her I mean, I, oh no you i know. see it i saw it coming when he, when he throws the thing away i'm just like that's a dumb idea it's like oh yep no it was a dumb oh, idea. yeah like his, <laughs> like they make stupid decisions I'll, I'll i'll give you that for sure but also people make stupid decisions when they're in these like absolutely nightmarish situations like if they haven't even like slept or you know like it's it's not a good time I mean, John Candy also admits that that's his thing. Like he, you know, I can identify with this. I forget things. I make mistakes like uh, a little bit clumsy, not to the level where I would like set a car on fire probably, but um, I fucking hope not. Know, forgetting things every now and again. Uh, I, the, and this again? movie is slightly based on a true story because he it took him like three days to write it after trying to take a flight from New York to Chicago getting diverted to wichita and then it taking him five days to get home so that yeah. part of it's true <laughs> yeah yeah it's brutal i imagine in this age it was harder to get around even than now oh yeah 
just as tech uh, i don't know i feel like some ways it's easier like the movie starts off with him looking at his watch and it's 4 47 and he's got to get oh yeah he's going to get that yeah no yeah. that was one of the things from like... town to laguardia for a 6 p.m flight yeah that's okay, yeah. okay. Like... that's fair there... <laughs> no i mean that that was something like, depends yeah, on the I method had, of transportation had, yeah uh, like i you can see that he's anxious about uh, catching a six o'clock flight but it's just like like you need to establish like what time he needs to leave by um because otherwise like these cutaways like they don't mean anything to us like it's well, the same they, issue they i have with the, beginning of the sideways, 6 p.m which it's just they like we know he's 6, running late yeah they but, highlight the 6 p.m but they don't really like outside of a quick cut of the watch yeah like it, it's not really addressing it other than he's in a hurry but yeah. still like it's wild as you know we've lived most of our lives in a post 9-11 world like to think that you get from midtown to LaGuardia for a 6 p.m. flight when you're still sitting there at 447. Yeah, that is pretty nuts. But OK, when I say it's probably easier now, it depends on what it is. You're right. Air travel, definitely more of a pain in the ass. But I'm like, I'm like. I feel like in the modern era, you would have just like rented a car in Wichita and driven, period. Like there'd probably be a ton, like it's a city. So even though it's like the Midwest, like you could still probably find several car rental places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a pain in the ass, but it's very doable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be fun, but like you're not going to have to go through like train, bus, then, uh, then rental car. Which sort of wild that this takes place over the course of like two days because he's there for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Looking it up now, it takes 10 hours and 47 minutes to drive from Wichita to Chicago. So theoretically, you'd probably want to stop about halfway through, but it's it's totally doable. You could do it in a day. But, you like, could, but yeah. Suck. yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, you just sort of, you know, drive from there, stop halfway through, like, you know, rest for a bit and then you know fucking keep going like it (laughs) i just i don't i don't feel like you know your first thought would be oh yeah let's gotta get a train i was gonna say also (laughs) with the way rail networks are these days i'm pretty sure nobody would think train ever unless you're (laughs) living in the northeast corridor yeah (laughs) like that's the only only part of our system that's actually good yeah well that i mean as the train like one of the things that kind of bothers me this is when the train breaks down it's not due to any of their antics it just breaks down like, yeah which is also even, like, really unlikely breakdown because yeah. i feel like yeah. it should have like it should have it should have hit a cow like yes. that, that's what should, should have been what stops the train and in fact would have been much more believable honestly yeah like usually tra- Trains are pretty fucking reliable. I don't know about yeah. that. Look, I mean, the, I don't okay, know about this the country, engine part, like... the engine part of the train is usually pretty reliable. It's more, it's more like the track and like the stuff that interacts directly with the track that has like all the problems. And just convincing people that had trains are worth riding on because everyone trains kind suck. of like... you need to take cars to planes. Those are the only two ways to travel cars and yep. planes anything else sucks unless yeah, you live no, in the northeast corridor especially monorails fuck monorails like the simpsons <laughs> did so much damage to people's respect for monorails <laughs> never been on one 
Oh, I mean, I mean, they're hard to find. (laughs) Like, unless like, like, there's one in Las Vegas that I think still exists. Um, and otherwise, they're only is there still one in Epcot? Yeah, 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 there's still the one in uh in Disney. All right, but yes, we are talking about the Thanksgiving classic, and I feel like it's the only one that I could actually call a Thanksgiving classic. Because the only other fucking Thanksgiving movies I can think of are Thanksgiving and the new Eli Roth Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, I, that I one wants to be a, that wants to be a Thanksgiving classic so bad, but um, uh, there's sure got to be does. another Thanksgiving movie that they're probably, but they're probably like really racist or something. I mean, I'm gonna guess that there's a bunch of you know. There's a bunch like of TV Hallmark style yeah. movies that yeah. take place at things. Like I, re- I remember being a fan of the Garfield Thanksgiving special when I was a kid. Um, yeah, when he's forced to go on a diet, but it's Thanksgiving, so Charlie Brown. <laughs> Charlie Brown only had Charlie Brown might I think have it was Thanksgiving thing. But I think he's more known for his, ha- for his Halloween shit. His great pumpkin. And of course, his Christmas special is. is are you sure there's no like national some... treasure is one? Oh God, are you? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, gonna say. Oh, I have no idea. But I was gonna say like, there's got to be something with like football, right? Like football and Thanksgiving or some shit. The Blind Side is here. So. Oh yeah, the Blind Side has that Thanksgiving <laughs> scene that everyone likes. So. Everyone. Well, I don't know. I'm guessing fewer people these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now everyone's like, yeah, no, that, that whole situation of just sort of like uh, Michael Orr being like, huh, Britney Spears' situation sounds a whole lot like mine. I should look into it. Oh, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Even Rotten Tomatoes just gives up right away in the... 61 best Thanksgiving movies. The second one is Miracle on 34th Street. It's like in this Christmas classic. I mean, it does center around the Macy's Day Parade. Okay, oh. so it's got both. Yeah, it, it's about Christmas, but takes place at Thanksgiving. Nah, I mean, I mean, for the most part, everything's like Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's just like Halloween There's a, a, a to Christmas. There's no ho- holiday in between. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there is a turkey door when Jack is out. Oh, I know, I know, I know there is. Like like, Thanksgiving does exist. That movie very much (laughs) just leaps straight from Halloween to Christmas and does not acknowledge that there is a holiday in between other than like a throwaway gag. All right, well, we should probably get into this movie. I don't know how long we've been going because damn thing always just constantly runs time. Uh we're at least 10 minutes and we haven't actually talked about the movie yet. Well, I guess we have some. Yeah, kind of. A little bit. A little bit. All right. Neil Page, Steve Martin, is an advertising executive on a business trip in New York, eager to return to his family in Chicago two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, but the designer can't pick which one. Uh, there's also a post credit in this that I hadn't realized until rewatching it just before this. Yeah, no, I, I, if it wasn't for the Wikipedia summary, I would have skipped the post credit. The post credit's kind of funny. Um, after a late running business meeting with an indecisive client named Brian, okay, Neil struggles to hail a cab during rush hour. Uh, and this movie is sort of littered with like that guy actors for the most part. 
but I mean, this is a specific... definitely a not that guy actor when you see fucking just Kevin Bacon randomly there. I mean, apparently this is a We've parody been teasing of him for a while yeah, this now, is, just this tiny roles. Yeah, supposedly this is actually supposed to be a parody of um one of his like well first of all he was like friends with with John Hughes but I think that this scene is actually supposed to be uh let's see it's not parody because she's having a baby came out in 1988 but in the background no, no, no. when no, no. Neil is talking to his wife Kevin Bacon's in the background having an argument with from that movie yeah, yeah, but this is yeah. supposed to be a parody. I think of like maybe it's Quicksilver or something. It's it's supposed to be a parody of a movie that at Kevin Bacon is in trying to hail, hail a cab at one point. So, um, so it it was a specific thing that like that reference is just totally lost. So, huh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'd read. Uh, on like IMDb trivia, so. But handily, it's just a thing that's happening. It doesn't <laughs> need to be a reference. Yeah, yeah, it's just randomly Kevin Bacon. You can enjoy it as it is. Yeah. Um, as he bribes a man to let him have a cab, he has hailed. Uh, someone else takes it. Um, the biggest asshole of all time is that who they're talking about? The guy who's like, I doesn't have a better sense of judgment. That guy. Well, I, I just like how much money John Candy and and Steve Martin are carrying around in this movie. It's like they're carrying around a thousand dollars between them in 1987 money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is also about money. This is also the time when like. Uh, yeah, credit most cards places established. Yeah. yeah, most places didn't take cards, so like, you know, but still, seven hundred dollars feels excessive for you know. I think it's implied that days. Martin is like pretty well to do. Yeah, yes, I think that's is, that. But... That's part of it, but you know, maybe he's planning on you know but like buying shit, uh, like and, and I don't know for his so family is... at the airport, or maybe he's like got a can you know in case like something happens, like he has money to buy like a whole ass other plane ticket. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but so it's around two. It's around two thousand dollars, two hundred dollars. So I mean, that still seems like a lot to be carrying around, especially considering that. John Candy is portrayed as kind of down on his luck. But that's it. That's all he has. Yeah. That's his like life. Is yeah. That no, I mean, yeah, and his life is in that. Yeah. Is a hobo, yeah, basically. yeah. Yeah. Because his life is in that crate. So, or that chest that uh, Steve Martin trips over is kind of the implication. So. Yeah. In inflation calculator anyway says seven hundred is is just under two grand today. Yeah. Which so I mean, two I mean, grand right now would be huge to me. Yeah, that but... is kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's but a lot like to a be carrying around on your person. Like in, in New York, you know. I mean, at like... least have it in like traveler's checks or something. Like, you know. Oh yeah, yeah those existed. Those were a big thing in the eighties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you were traveling to New them. York because it was yeah. a dangerous fucking place to be then. Yeah, because it hadn't been cleaned up by Rudy Giuliani before he, <laughs> <laughs> before he became every what he is person now. that they could see. Um, I do love him trying to like bribe the guy. Well, anyone who would pay fifty would pay seventy five. <laughs> seventy five, not necessarily. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was a missed opportunity making him a lawyer instead of a broker. Like a broker yeah. would have like made that joke just a little bit funnier 
I think. I mean, lawyers are evil too. Not yeah. all of them, but a lot of them. <laughs> uh, Neil arrives at LaGuardia Airport just as his flight is delayed. While waiting, he meets the person who unwittingly stole his cab, Del Griffith, uh, played by the late great John Candy. Um, in his quick... best role. Um, yeah, up there at least. What, what I mean, I, I still, I still love him in uh, Blues Brothers a whole lot. It's not a yeah, starring role, one. but I do love his role in that. He did not have very good luck with the starring roles generally. I love him yeah. in Home Alone. Kind of this and yeah, this mm. and Uncle Buck, and then good small bits and other things. John Almost really... heroes. Wasn't that John Candy Wagon... or was that uh this is last movie? Yeah, yeah. Wagons East. Oh, Wagons East. Movie. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Almost Heroes was uh, Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. Yeah, everyone in that movie is dead now. Yeah, <laughs> at least well, the stars. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's terrible. A loquacious shower curtain ring salesman. To his dismay, Neil is assigned a seat next to Dell on the crowded flight to O'Hare. Uh because of a blizzard in Chicago, the oh yeah, like, we 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 skip over like like yeah, don't take your shoes off on planes. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Don't take do not do that. Planes. You are a fucking monster. I mean, look look if you if you're you know like if you're wearing like really uncomfortable heels for some stupid ass reason, maybe. But like, just oh my god, uncomfortable shoes. Yeah, seriously, that's kind of he's not a fucking hobo, guys. I don't and, care. And also, don't take your damn socks off. Even especially, if, if don't take your socks. Yeah, off. if yeah. you're gonna take your shoes off, you're still kind of a monster. But if you take your socks off, like I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. we need to figure out how to shove you out of the plane. <laughs> Chick did it next to me on my last flight. She's I a mean, monster. For, I'm so I sorry. If, it, if you didn't take her socks off, but like, I for me, it's just smell. Like, does it smell? Then yeah. fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, don't bring that on me. But like. If you if you have managed to have like those some people just don't have smelly feet you know or you know don't don't I get so it's fine but uh, definitely don't take your socks off that is a crime <laughs> gross oh and definitely like don't shove your feet like between this wall and the armrest oh. like <laughs> definitely don't do that. That's how you that like this. This is why I wish they would still let me bring my machete on on flight. <laughs> this little piggy ain't going home. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I can just imagine you like going ham on like rude people on a flight. That's terrible. Don't do that, Emily. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah. No. There needs to be more. Uh horror films set on on planes um snakes on a plane was such a missed opportunity uh mm -hmm. blood red sky was really good that came out in the last couple of years i think it was like a dutch movie that aired on so that zombie Netflix. one Va vampire vampire but like a vampire zombie almost <laughs> am i wrong in that it was like a it was like a blend of monsters or something no you're, you're not no. wrong with that okay yeah i didn't see it but i was like I was kind of intrigued. Yeah, it was pretty decent. I'd check it out sometime. Um, because of a blizzard in Chicago, the plane is diverted to Wichita. I don't like. It also feels really weird that you would divert to Wichita, going yeah, from not necessarily. LaGuardia. 
I mean, in I based like on John Hughes' like actual experience, where they well, where yeah. it did get diverted yeah. to Wichita, and I was yeah, gonna say, I feel it, like it depends on where their it depends on where their holding pattern is, and I guarantee you, it's on the west side of Chicago, and uh, O'Hare itself is to the west of Chicago. So, um, yeah, no, Wichita actually does kind of make sense. It also might be the closest one that has uh, open runways. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis would make more sense, but I assume that they were yes, you are... experiencing the same weather issues. But so. that's the thing is, yeah. you know, it like it, the airport clearly wasn't closed when they took off. So they probably entered a holding pattern and outside of Chicago until they had to divert, hoping mm-hmm. that Chicago would like get better. Yeah. Makes sense. Go ahead, TJ. Um, the action chat's over. <laughs> uh, when Neil and Dell must stay overnight, as Neil tells his wife Susan what happened. Uh, also, really great that they cut out this awkward subplot that she's supposed to be worrying that he's actually cheating on her. That's I mean, why at the she same looks oh, really? like so relieved at the end to find out that Dell really is uh, a man. I always yeah. wondered that part. Yeah, yeah. I at the same time, I it was like I. I don't know. Like considering how like weirdly homophobic this this movie is, like like it comes across as like like her how being really really homophobic is this movie? It's pretty homophobic. Um it, beyond it, it, one scene? Uh there's more than that one scene, but that one scene is the most obvious, but there's yeah. a couple What's, of other references. Is, is there's there... a couple of other moments that they have similar interactions, yeah. mostly callbacks to that that one scene, but right. um but I like I basically it's just it comes off as like her being relieved. That's like, oh, he's just gay. <laughs> you know? He's not having an affair with another woman. He's having an affair with another man. Oh, I feel, feel so much better now. <laughs> or actually, it's probably more since this is the 80s, it's more likely that, you know, she's like, oh, good. It's it. You know, he he's not having an affair. It's a man. Yeah, I'm just his beard. I feel so much better about that. <laughs> No, I'm saying like I, I, I bet you it wouldn't occur to her to think that he's gay. Like, yeah, well, I mean, it, yeah, I know. I mean, like that's that's also kind of the thing. Is like, like, oh man, the 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 progress that we've made in terms of accepting gay people. This movie I mean, is definitely on the places, wrong side of the curve. <laughs> I mean, I like that it's not like derogatory, but it's yeah. definitely like God. I don't think it comes know. across as like aggressively homophobic, but it's in, still in homophobic. Oh like, yeah, it's like, still the, homophobic, like every but it's movie not, like, from the eighties. Yeah, like instead of like I, I mean, you could also look at the scene when they do like right after that, where they start saying, "Oh, I'm you know I'm manly," or "What about the the Bears game?" It's like. That is well, trying that to con- sort of that's trying to confront it. the idea. I mean, yes, but like in a period where like no one else is talking about it, they were at least like trying yeah. to say something. So it's like they're always if you look at it through today's prism, it's gonna look worse, but other movies would be so much more dismissive, derogatory, and shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's Whereas not like, it's not Ace Ventura. I, like it's not, yeah. Yeah. like, and I've oh seen movies God. from the '90s <laughs> and the 2000s yeah. that are way, way more offensive. Yeah, yeah, and you know, sure. like, so I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't deny it's a little bit homophobic, but you know, it's a, definitely on the lighter scale of it, in my opinion, especially for the '80s. Yeah, but like, and that... especially for a movie about two men 
and male friendship you know like that bit of them just it, i bet there's a cheapo 80s movie that is literally just wall-to-wall homophobic jokes from this period of time because that i mean that i mean i've seen them that's it's just like a constant thing yeah. and the fact that it's kind of you know like okay we do the joke and like move past it you know that that's how i i, I take it anyway it didn't didn't seem yeah uh, I, I read it that oh way i i, I still just, find yeah. the scene itself to be funny it is yeah. like vaguely homophobic, but you know, I, like those aren't pillows is something that's been quoted in my family for you know, fucking <laughs> 25 years, 35 years. I mean, 35 also, years realistically, no they're both strangers, and AIDS has literally just happened, and no one like knows anything in the culture about homosexuality. So, I could, you know, like sleeping with a random stranger that you just met might be a little bit scary, I guess. You know. I also don't get why he was sleeping on the soggy side of the bed. Like, Dell's the one who like popped the beers in the bed. So why is Steve Martin still sleeping on the soggy side? Like, I mean, isn't the whole bed theoretically the soggy side? I mean, you would think I mean, so. Again, but and like they I, you make know, a specific line that, about like, it. I, like for I understand the reasoning and largely agree with why they cut the scene because the scene was filmed. Uh, of him, him, you know, opening the beers on the bed, but like, like you know, it it would allow, give more context to the scene, um, and I think that that's kind of an issue sometimes. Like they talk about things that happen that like you just get the sense that, that scene just wasn't funny enough to make the cut. So, well, uh, I mean, like, like the pizza fine. guy is the when robber. you describe a thing in a yeah. line, it could be funny because it's like sandwiched by other stuff. No, no, it, I, like, I just it's like yeah. oh here oh and this happened as well. Here's like it's yeah. like a it's like a kicker to how bad everything else is in the situation to go. Yeah, I mean like, it's 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 fine. Even shit just that like we're yeah, not there, seeing there, it. There are terrible. there are some con there are pieces of context that you miss by not having the actual scene because we didn't actually see the beer spill, so we don't know how effective the bed actually was we just know that wherever steve martin is it's you know wet or damp or whatever so but it could be everywhere is and you know dell doesn't care so well i figured the idea is since dell was sitting on the bed his side didn't get wet yeah that would make that would make sense but I think that we're thinking too deeply about. Yeah, this movie doesn't want you to think this hard. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Like, yeah. just enjoy your ninety-three minute ride. Ugh. Well, like what I—I I mean, we've passed by what is my favorite scene in the movie, which is you know Steve Martin first, or it is right now that he like explodes uh, at John Candy and like with some hilarious but pretty mean like uh stuff about how boring he is how he can't tell an anecdote to save his life and it really goes on and you're just watching the poor wounded john candy like die inside as all these horrible things happen oh yeah defends himself and like that's why this movie still works for me more as like you know the you know the dramatic element of it than the comedy element like yeah um i I mean I just I, I can uh, relate to both characters in that moment because I've been the most boring guy to someone and I've been the most interesting guy to someone. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know, I like I, I found that little bit of uh, acting quite good. And, and, and John Candy is just like, he's just the sweetest, most adorable guy in the sequence. You just feel absolutely horrible, even though, you know, it's not his fault. Like, 
Oh yeah, his facial expression is just like you're just like, oh my god, like yeah, you just you just want to hug him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is where or I just because nothing Steve Martin says is kind of an inaccurate description of John Candy's oh, character. Agreed, but it's just like cool and goes but on. It's so such long. a jerk. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like so you're stuck with one guy I who's a jerk and one guy who's annoying. And it's just like uh, and I'm gonna be with these guys for 90 minutes. Is this really what I want to do? And that but was kind not, of the driving stay problem. That That's the driving problem I have with this film is that like Steve Martin's unlikable and John Candy's annoying. And it's like, yep, that's what this movie is. That's well, they get joke. past that. Like that's what an arc and <laughs> I movie just wish is. that there was they more... have a problem and they overcome it. Ah, they don't the really though. It's, they're just yeah, they do. The yeah, they do. They absolutely they do. Absolutely they absolutely do. He invites re- him to Thanksgiving dinner with his father. Reveal at the end, and that's about it. And then the movie ends. So yes, the movies do need to end. Dan. <laughs> like if they didn't end, then you'd be like, why is this so long? Well, I mean, I'm at 92 minutes. This felt too long, so you know, I'm I'm happy they cut it down. From the three hours that exists. Oh three my god, I want I want hours. that three hour cut. Strap Dan to a chair. Oh god. Use use those uh those things from a clockwork orange to like yep. keep his eyes open. A hundred percent. Oh man, there's all kinds of shit. Just Willie's Wonderland on a loop. Ooh, no, Willie's Wonderland, rubber. Uh what was the other thing that he hated? <laughs> everything <laughs> no there was something he, he, there was something he and i both hated more than rubber what was it oh god was it was it was it new year's evil like that one was up there. no i don't think it was that was actually fun though like it was terrible but at least it was kind of fun no it was something more recent than that i don't know i'll have to look yeah i'm sure there's something rubber there on hated. a loop yep <laughs> that'd be awful well at least we know how to torture dan so yeah it'll come in handy someday mm, someday i mean <laughs> I, I know how to torture you too dude oh yeah this is why this is why you know nobody should cross me <laughs> <laughs> um neil is unable to book a room but dell has reserved one so he reluctantly accepts dell's promise of a room if neil pays for the cab ride to the motel during check-in however he mistakenly takes neil's credit card force neil's credit card period forced to share the last available room and after a series of mishaps involving beer spilled being spilled on the only bed and dell leaving the bathroom a mess like i was just fucking disgusted by the state that dell left that bathroom like (laughs) that is that is like cruel and unusual. Yeah, that hey, he left him that tiny little in. face towel, and, and we <laughs> we completely skipped over her Doobie's taxiola. Like, what the hell was that? With, with another that guy actor as the yeah. driver. Oh like, yeah, that was full of that guys. That was like his yeah, son that is was Matthew a, Lawrence. That was, was a hell of a taxi. Car. I mean, like while yeah. it was, you know confusing and like maybe a little a, a little unsettling it's like at the same time like that's a like that's much more expensive than a normal taxi like <laughs> honestly it's like how the i mean 
I I don't know. I feel like I might pay extra to ride in something that fucking ridiculous. That looks like more like a fun thing, not like uh oh god, I can't believe they're riding in this. Oh, totally. It's like that's rad. Um but yeah, like the the bathroom I mean, thing. Like Steve Martin's a very wet blanket, you know. Like, yeah. He doesn't like the fun thing in the car. Uh, what, well, the, the, yeah, because he's, he's not him, the fact he's that not the driver's probably enough. probably yeah. uh on, on drugs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's whatever. Wichita. What else are you supposed to do while you're driving a cab? Yeah, I mean, yeah. all you got to do is drive straight. How fucking hard is that? Um, and there's probably nothing to hit anyway. Um, yeah, the bathroom thing is just horrifying. Like, I was thinking to myself, that makes your roommates in Alston or actually Roxbury look uh yeah one of those roommates perfectly clean sucked yeah I know but you know it made that person look uh like a neat freak I know exactly who you're talking about too oh yeah (laughs) um yeah but yes, no. The state of that bathroom does like make my Roxbury roommates look like I mean makes Dan look like a neat freak too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, make sure you don't you take my socks out of the sink before you turn it off. <laughs> Why is his socks in the sink? <laughs> I well, hope I, I assume that he was. He doesn't them. have a home, and he's like essentially always traveling, which is also so, why he has such good relationships with all of these people. So he yes. essentially treats every motel room like his home because that's where he lives in his in a series of motel rooms presumably so, like, he's washing his sense, his socks and underwear in the sink. disgusting yep i've washed i've washed i've washed my well not socks but i've washed my underwear in the sink and on a trip where you have to pack light yeah i mean it happens sometimes yeah. you do yeah but, but you're like... not doing that when you're sharing a room with a complete stranger no yeah that's a that's a that's that's a good point <laughs> All right. Um, Neil loses his temper over Dale's irritating behavior. Dale is hurt, but both men calm down and awkwardly share the bed. While they sleep, a burglar steals their cash. And this was supposed to be the pizza guy who was pissed off about his dollar tip, who was breaking into their room to yeah, rob which them. Which I think would have worked. That's okay. You can just rob them, though. You know, yeah, you, you don't need the works. setup. Yeah. I think the setup helps it, but you don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I would rather see the scene with the pizza and the beer than see the scene of the pizza then being see delivered. see them talking about it, yeah. But... Yeah. I think it's very important that this movie is, like, the length it is and not longer, you know? I, what? I, I you, think... Do, you think a three and a half, a half hour cut <laughs> of this movie would be inappropriate? But even, <laughs> even just the Babylon like, cut. two hours, you know, like, which I'm sure they could have found enough decent stuff to, like put it 20 minutes 30 minutes higher but like i don't know i like that it's not that like i'm just glad they cut it to ribbons yeah no this is a movie that like like the ending is significantly changed in the editing room which is kind of impressive that they had the footage to do that so well we'll get there when we get there because i don't know what that is because i didn't read through the trivia this time um (laughs) so dance with the fun facts Mm. um The next day, with air travel still prohibitively delayed, Neil buys them both train tickets to Chicago, but with seats in separate cars. The locomotive breaks down near Jefferson City, stranding its passengers in a field. Neil takes pity on, well, also, gotta talk about fucking, what's his name, who does the hick 
apparently that was oh, like Dylan Baker. All, yeah, Dylan Baker, who does the it's Hicks. That was mostly improvised. Like, I didn't actor. realize how much uh, John Hughes uses improvisation. Like, this one made it much more apparent to me. Yeah. Well, but... I mean, that was like, I actually, we, that sequence, I guess, like, was really hard to film because everyone kept on cracking up at it. So <laughs> it's very disgusting noises. <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah and then they specifically told him like yeah so spit and then wipe your face and then shake steve martin's head and steve martin's gonna freak out because he's a bit of a germaphobe and then it's like yep and awesome. we got the reaction we wanted and like, steve martin, like immediately, <laughs> and immediately ran, ran. Wash, yeah wash his hands that's hilarious not something you could really get away with on sets these days ah you can get away with that but yeah it has changed a little bit of uh, someone is express germaphobe then you know that's like doing something like that to howie mandel is akin to assault <laughs> uh, howie mandel is awkward he seems fine i mean isn't he the guy from double dare also like i don't like touching gross things what is yeah. double dare oh yeah you didn't yeah, uh, it was Dare a Nickelodeon a... show in the 80s and 90s that uh, families and kids would go through different gunky things doing, looking for flags and other bullshit. And Mark Summers was the host of Double Dare. And I th- I'm fairly certain oh, that he's yeah. a germaphobe as well. I know that actually. But yeah, they didn't really show it. My neck of the woods. Yeah. I mean, it was Nickelodeon. I don't know what international Nickelodeon really looked like. If it was exactly was. the same, pretty much, except they were pretty light on the shows like that, uh, like game shows, because I think it was like, you know, they didn't want American. Oh, like, yeah, they win- didn't have Legends they're winning of the American, Temple either. Yeah, they're winning American stuff or I don't know why, like, I, it might have been a legal thing, like, because it's like kids. Yeah, know, like, it, their is, names, it is. But they really yeah, didn't do it very often. Like, you wouldn't see them at all. They had their own versions, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, they were, not, yeah. they were very low budget and crap in comparison. <laughs> like the, that one, what uh, what was the one you just mentioned, Emily? Again, oh, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, like Irish Legends, I- Irish Legends of the Hidden Temple is just like, uh, you throw some like you know, fucking, uh, like army training gear into a swamp. Sure, why not? <laughs> well, I mean, it, well, it, like, yeah, I do, I do think the UK has weird attitudes about about like uh you know playing games for money especially if you had children involved i think that they could be very not okay with that so um and then like you said like you wouldn't really import it because if it's in american dollars that's going to be awkward and weird so um, yeah yeah no jeopardy either like or anything like that no american like proper game shows no prices right no yeah no all their all their game shows tend to be just kind of Uh like panel shit so. so what do you watch when you're no there's normal there's normal game shows like yeah. for there's a long history of normal game shows with money just not like american style money like they yeah. just give you they give no you, i like, mean like the weakest link England was like a import from from britain so yeah yeah and millionaire yeah, yeah. Did, did you guys get like your own american gladiators we well, came up with that too that's yeah. also an import from yep england. that is an import from england yep oh I that's awesome i didn't English, realize but... that that's that's <laughs> great <laughs> yeah mentioning like home sick from school home from school sick like definitely it was usa for me it was like the, american um, gladiators parker lewis can't lose uh oh man it's it all about the price is right it was all about the price is right it really was all about the price is right yes a hundred percent 
yeah that's a great show but there's a the uh do yourself a favor and look up wolf from the uk gladiators like he was like the breakout star and he's just the man who just kind of looks like a wolf and he was always like ah like making stupid faces and everyone loved like he was like a you know massive star <laughs> for like a minute oh i um, feel like they must have had him on the american one at some point because i can totally see the guy you're talking about in my mind's eye yeah you would think so yeah no a, lo- a like, lot of them did 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 cross the pond for that type of shit so yeah either that or like the american one just had their own ripoff of wolf which be even more hilarious it's very possible michael van wick yeah i don't know if he actually did make it to the u.s but you're like yeah he's born in india and he's 71 oh my god <laughs> I love his Wikipedia also says I mean, in like... 1989 he auditioned for a role in Dances with Wolves he was unsuccessful but the experience provided him with the inspiration for his wolf persona that's that is serious <laughs> uh, canon <laughs> trivia about wolves yeah well I mean you know but he ne- he hadn't thought about the concept of wolves until auditioning for the movie Dances with Wolves <laughs> well I, I like how yeah Hugh Jackman did a bunch of research into like acting wolf-like for Wolverine and they were like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Here, read this comic book. (laughs) All right. Neil takes pity on Dell struggling with his trunk and they reunite traveling on a crowded bus to St. Louis where Dell raises cash by selling curtain ring samples to passers-by as earrings. However, Neil accidentally... I, yeah, I like that guy fun. a lot. I especially like that you can see in the background of like later scenes, people wearing shower rings as earrings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a good. fun one. Apparently, Jerry Ryan was also... They tried to film her for one of them, but... Um, she was she, too hot. She, she, she couldn't, couldn't stop act. laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, however, Neil accidentally offends Dell over lunch, and the men part ways again like they keep on you know odd coupling yeah Yeah, it's really forced and contrived and trying to escape from each other yeah but the universe won't let them because they're meant to be (laughs) yes because it's a movie and we need to keep our stars in the same movie man um, he hates movies, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the very idea of them. Dan, I hate movies, Murphy. <laughs> it's 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 not I mean, accurate. It's, it's classic. <laughs> How dare they Dan. try and pull the wool over my eyes with this illusion on the silver screen? <laughs> I do find it funny that the reason that they sing the Flintstones is because it's John Candy's favorite cartoon. I mean, one of the things that maybe that was kind of sad about him singing the Flintstones song is like, like imagine if he had played uh, Fred Flintstone instead, of John Goodman. I think he would have been that better. Would have been great. Oh, oh so definitely, you totally see that. But I mean, that is the you know John. Goodman's I mean, that movie's the still least not of that great. Movie's problems. So, yeah, yeah, that movie yeah. had a lot of problems. But wow, it's yeah. bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> hey. It's kind of like fascinating bad, like yeah. Dick Tracy. Yeah, I'll go back and watch it every few years and be just like, How does this? Yeah, exist? Why, why did they think this was a good idea? Yeah. Flintstones is like Babylon, it's such a like insane production. It's like, uh, like it's, it's so many bad so ideas, much money on yeah, it. so much money spent on like what is anyone should like just 
why didn't someone say this is a bad idea and we shouldn't do it because <laughs> no. like yeah. I, it should have been very center. obvious very early on <laughs> so at the st louis airport neil attempts to rent a car but is but it is missing when he gets to the lot after a long and perilous walk back to the terminal, he vents his anger in a profane tirade at the rental agent to no avail. Uh, another that guy. I always forget her name, too. It is uh, Edie McClurg. Yep. That doesn't help me. Oh, I mean, she's also you know well her from Ferris Bueller. Bueller's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's it's been in like 800 things. Yeah. Yeah. Natural uh, born killers. Surprising. Um, he attempts to book a taxi to Chicago, but impatiently insults the dispatcher, who then punches him in the face. By chance, Dell arrives at the scene in his own rental car and takes the day's Neil with him. As they drive, they argue again. Uh, like, this whole sequence is probably my favorite, though. Like, with the car, him trying to get the jacket off. But, well, like, also him adjusting so the seat. So contrived and stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just some classic, like, John Candy physical comedy. It's just such such dated comedy that doesn't play anymore. Uh, like, after <laughs> The joke is so telegraphed that it's like, like to the point of not being funny. It's like, oh God, can we just skip to the end? <laughs> all right. Well, I think we all have a good idea of what Dan's verdict is of this movie. Uh, I'll Dan's be really surprised if it goes the other way. <laughs> not really any point arguing over <laughs> the subjectivity of comedy. So I'm just going to sit silently. <laughs> Although, like. I really I, enjoy this sequence. I find this sequence amusing. I likewise. Like it. I like it too. <laughs> Not I mean, I especially like, like it. <laughs> I just especially like the devil costume. Skeleton. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> the rest great. of it is like pretty standard shenanigans, you know. Although driving the car between the two trucks is like a pretty impressive stunt thing. I, I also cool. I also love um, the you're going the wrong way. How do they know we're going? Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> Steve Martin is just like, you know, assuming that John Candy isn't the dumbest, most yeah. <laughs> incompetent person in the world. You know, he's like, he's just woken up and he's like, oh, you know, just kind of siding with him on everything that's happening until he really remembers that he is an absolute maniac psycho. Uh, after nightfall, Dell nearly gets them killed by driving the wrong direction on the freeway. As they compose themselves by the side of the road, Dell's carelessly discarded cigarette sets fire to the car. Neil initially gloats, thinking that Dell is liable for the damage, until Dell reveals he had found Neil's credit card in his wallet and used it to rent the card, the car, much to his ire. Uh, with his credit cards destroyed in the fire, Neil barters his expensive watch for a motel room. Dell has nothing of value, so he attempts to... He has a Casio see... watch. Come on, that has value. <laughs> Two dollars and a Casio. <laughs> yeah, I like how he drapes it. Yeah, I also, I also <laughs> like how this... I, I, it's, I also like how, how you know, the, the actor is uh, is is uh, Gennaro from Jurassic Park. And I'm like, you're not getting eaten by a T-Rex. What's going on? 
<laughs> oh yeah, that is who that guy is. See, like this movie is just lousy with that guys. Um, with his with his credit card and blah blah blah. Um, so he attempts yeah. to sleep in the charred roofless car. Seeing this, Neil pities Dell and invites him inside. They shall share Dell's collection of miniature liquors and laugh about the events of the past two days. See, all they need to do to become friends is get drunk together. Yeah, that's how things work. Yeah, that's how life works, right? Right? Sometimes. <laughs> uh, the men Best resume... friend. <laughs> Best friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, our friendship started off with Pocky, a bowl, and a alcoholic beverage. Oh, and wings. That's how our friendship started. Yep. Um, the men resume driving to Chicago the next morning, but their car is impounded by the Illinois State Police as unroadworthy. Technically, the- it's impounded by the Wisconsin State Police, but there was a deleted scene in establishing that they had driven past Chicago into Wisconsin. So. Mm-hmm. Also, but, no, I do I believe the costumes still say Wisconsin on them. So I think you're right about that. Also, uh, Michael McKean. So yep. more than a, that guy, I actually know his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Fourth build in all of two minutes of this movie. I <laughs> yeah. think he's like not even. Um, but like, well, yeah, apparently, yeah, his significant scene was deleted. a lot longer. Yeah. 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 Um, Dell persuades a trucker to take them into Chicago, and they ride in the semi's refrigerated trailer. At a Chicago L station, Neil sincerely thanks Dell for getting him home, and they part ways with affection. As Neil rides a commuter train to his neighborhood, he thinks about the trip, recalling some of Dell's odd comments and silences during the journey. It occurs to him that Dell has not actually been trying to get home himself. Neil returns to the station, where he finds Dell still sitting. Dell explains to him that he is homeless and a widower, as his wife died eight years earlier. Neil brings Dell home with him for Thanksgiving dinner and introduces his family to his new friend. In a post credit scene, Mr. Bryan is still in the office alongside a half-eaten th- half Thanksgiving dinner trying to decide on a poster. And, yeah. and then the song that has the samples and the terrible scratch sample go... <laughs> yeah. That's what made me walk out so I missed that end credit i was just so happy to get to the credits that i was just like okay and then i was like oh crap there's a post-credit scene so then i just skipped to the end so i didn't actually listen to sit through the credits good very good very smart you gotta listen to that great song no (laughs) no one should now i kind of want to look it up but uh, i'll do that later um but del griffith del 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 griffith (laughs) yeah but i mean apparently the initial ending just had Dell get on the train immediately with Neil um, and there was no backtracking and then they realized that they needed that uh, moment and so all this stuff of Steve Martin sitting on the train alone that was just him like sitting on set like, like no that was just like b-roll footage of okay. like, like the camera was just rolling and he wasn't even in character he was just kind of like going over his lines so, <laughs> that's cool yeah that's creative. Uh, yes. Did did so? I uh, did anyone? Did either of you, Dan and TJ, think about what might have happened to Dell after like Thanksgiving was over? 
Like, I mean, I, I, I feel like uh, he, he moved in he, and became Uncle Buck. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he, I, I didn't want to name a, a, a specific person, but um, I, I felt like like he, he becomes a, a mooch that just leaves, lives at, at a house that he's not entitled to live at. So, um, <laughs> I, feel... I, I was thinking to myself, and she was that... like, "Oh, he'll be dead by tomorrow." You guys are the worst. <laughs> I thought, he, I thought he was oh, just gonna, gonna like, on thought he was he's... gonna be yeah. like, "All right, I'm gonna go ride off into the sunset and go find." my next adventure and go jump off some l tracks <laughs> see it or screw it the podcast that hates the homeless <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's the thing is he's not he's not homeless he becomes a squatter i mean so <laughs> sort of like a reverse uh, it's a wonderful life um yeah so he so realizes like, you know he finally kills himself <laughs> Well, yeah, he finally has like a decent couple of days and is like, all right, cool, done. It's like, well, this is the best my life has been in a long time and it's just going to go back to Shitsville. So it seems like a good time to end it all. Well, I'm coming to see uh, um, Moira. I, can't, on rem- a I can't remember the uh, wife's name. Yeah, the they, they yeah like coming once. home. Yeah, they, yeah, he does mention her by name once. I can't remember what it was. I think Steve Martin finds him as job as a salesman, and you know, that's nice. <laughs> they all I mean, happily ever yeah, after. Steve Martin does work in marketing, so yeah, it's not not impossible for him to like or find him design. a job. I mean, he if you did have to make to a sell... sequel, then something goes wrong, and if there is no sequel, then everything went great. I mean, that's what happens at the, the end man, of the movie. The I mean, the fact of the matter is, if John Candy didn't die, they would have made a sequel to this. So, yeah. um, let's be oh real. Oh, God, here. there'd be a terrible legacy. There would be a sequel. terrible sequel to this. <laughs> like 20 years later. Yep. I'm yep. so glad that doesn't exist. <laughs> so glad. And it's like a Christmas adventure this time. Ooh, uh, Steve Martin's it's, it's, 2000s uh, is, oh boy. Like talk about people that I really respect in the seventies and eighties absolutely falling off. I, yeah, what are you I talking about? He's so got like uh cheaper by the dozen. The pink cheaper by the baker's <laughs> dozen. Cheaper by the fourteen. <laughs> Father of the bride eight. <laughs> uh, uh, Grandfather of the bride coming next year. Kill it, kill uh, it I mean, are, are you serious? Because I can't tell if you're being serious with that one or not. Because I wouldn't. Uh, be they made a new one, but I think they just called it part three. Yeah, they oh. did. Father yeah. of the Bride, Bride, part three ish. Part three. Oh, yeah. I don't know part why. Part three ish. Why is it called? And it's that? only a short film, apparently, but yeah. I, th- oh, I thought they had it's a, a short feature. Netflix thing, I see. Yeah, I, just, I, I didn't see it. I don't think I heard good things. Um, oh, God. I forgot about his Pink Panther films. Those, Those are. Oh, yeah. Fucking e- evil evil pieces of work that yeah yeah i think my mind erased them like i steve martin killed a lot of goodwill in my opinion you know like i i i obviously lots of parts of these movies have dated but like his 80s stuff like with carl reiner the jerk the man with two brains like i really love those movies i thought he was excellent you know Mm -hmm. um and then like 90s he does it's kind of mixed like he la story has interesting stuff in it but it's just not a very good movie and then there's a bunch of like him attempting to make good stuff that fails and then he just goes on like i do not give a shit anymore and everything is just like pure trash uh very like commercial no uh 
no joy or passion yeah, then, behind then it. it everything feels like really fall. Yeah, he, he definitely hits his low point with with Bowfinger. Um, and oh, oh I disagree. That's the only one I like, honestly. Uh, Bowfinger is such a well. I mean, I, I and it's just the critical reception just like was so overwhelmingly negative. I've never seen it, but like I just know that everyone hated that movie. Um, it's actually great, though. I mean, it's the best thing either him or Murphy did in that decade. Yeah, and I mean, Murphy was also another one who like i really respected for a while and then he just stopped caring big so. mama's house it has big an 81 percent on rotten tomatoes oh, no no those are uh um, oh, finger matthew lawrence yeah or martin lawrence oh martin yeah lawrence. those are martin uh so yeah. nutty professor nutty oh, professor yeah and, uh, the clumps really norbit is is where you hit oh, with yeah uh, with with it with eddie murphy but <laughs> the adventures the... of pluto nash <laughs> you know <laughs> Do you mean the box office of Bowfinger done? Because like, yeah. it was like really well regarded critically. Oh, I thought. Well, I mean, maybe it was just the box office. I thought critically, yeah. it was also just sort of like this. It opened at the same time crowd. as the Sixth yeah. Sense, so yeah. it just disappeared. But it, no, it's yeah. like a really good like satire on Hollywood. You know, yeah. one of the and those are hard to do. They usually yeah. suck. But it's I, I would put it up there with like Get Shorty as like one of those pretty mm. funny Hollywood movies. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I knew that it did not do well, and you know, generally looking at what the audience score was, audience didn't like it. But um, yeah, critical response seems okay. Stupid so. audiences. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever, but it's quite clever. I mean, it's you know, I, I was I doing have that whole yeah. It was doing that thing that like you know what was that? Be kind, rewind. Like did a few years later, where it's like you get to see them making terrible B movies and it's funny, you know, <laughs> um, like, and that people ran with that concept a lot. I feel like it's that, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty good parody, but, and as well, like most of Frank Oz's movies suck and it's one of the good ones. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, it's so, it's always so weird to me of just sort of like, I feel like Frank Oz as a performer makes so many smart decisions. And then when you make him a director, if he just doesn't have any of that, like, attention to detail that he brings to his performances which is always so weird because it's just like like you have like more emotion in this inanimate puppet than you can bring to like a whole cast of of you know actors <laughs> so but whatever yeah i mean it's it's like bowfinger it does Shop. exactly what he wants it to though it, it's not as easy for him to get actors to do what he wants them to yeah i don't know i mean it's just always kind of interesting to see if like you know i mean like oz has directed a bunch of stuff but like ultimately um none of his films really stand out so little shop of horrors is good yeah that's that's kinda... stand out <laughs> yeah. yeah. all right and i looked up wolf and it was not the guy i was thinking of but he he definitely has a uh a look he's got a look Lo- when you see the, that uh... face you don't forget it love the 80s hair yeah it's the hair it's like it's like dog hair <laughs> yeah um, but you know like w- one of those nice dogs that has like the long hair that's you know more like hair instead of fur still kind of furry and almost yeah. permed probably is permed hilarious um uh, yeah, I can't even think of like anything else that Frank Oz has directed. I just though. always so I just always think of his extremely bland Stepford Wives. 
Like that that's movie the is worst, bland. worst, worst, worst. So but we shouldn't bland. be talking about him. We should be talking about John Hughes, if anyone. I mean, Frank <laughs> yeah. Oz didn't direct this movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, John, Hughes John Hughes did a lot thoughts. of great stuff. I, I mean, like I like his non-teen movies more than his teen movies. Ah. Like, uh, Uncle Buck and this and Home Alone. Um, a lot of his stuff I couldn't care less about. Generally, uh, Ferris Bueller's like good. <laughs> well, guess. Ferris Bueller was more kind enjoyable of, when I was younger. Yeah. Like the yeah, older I've gotten, the, the more I just get like pissed off at Ferris Bueller because it's like you're just a such fucking an entitled little shit, huh? <laughs> oh, I, I I still like Ferris Bueller. I still want them to do do a a, a sequel with him uh, ducking out of work. Uh, but see where his life ended up, and I'm sure it didn't go well for him. <laughs> yeah. That was the best, like the first bit of like fun internet criticism I ever remember reading was like a, a really passionate like thing about him being a sociopath, you know? He is a sociopath. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, that's not how the like you have it's a good reading, but it is pretty obvious when you watch it and you know that you know it's like, oh yeah, yeah. he's the worst person ever. <laughs> oh, he is awful. But, like, I, I still, you know, fucking Breakfast Club still has, like, a soft spot in my heart. Uh, Weird Science has <laughs> aged horribly. It's like, really um, just 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and, like, you know, basically all the, like... Does Anthony Michael blackface in that, in Weird Science? Or does he just do the, the voice? I think he just because I know the there's voice. like a very extended yeah. sequence where he's pretending to be like a blues singer, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> Even then, yeah. Well, I mean that that was the thing. Well, well, in this you have John Candy doing the Jamaican accent, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't do that these days. So no. I mean, I don't know. You kind of would. Like, we just watched an NBC that movie of the SNL guys, and they were all doing that, which was weird. You know, I was they're just like very white nerdy guys doing. Uh, I think it's like Gen Z have brought it back. Um, those crazy kids. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, oh, I feel like I'm blanking on. Other John Hughes movies. I don't know. I just pulled up his filmography. Like it really does. Like I they're very like... fun, comforting movies. No, I mean all of his but... '80s stuff is great, and then he does the Home Alone, and then his '90s stuff is not very good. So I've seen Dutch. That sucked. Um, but he didn't direct that one. Uh, yeah. Only yeah. the Lonely is a really weird one. That's another John Candy one where he's like, my my mom was obsessed with it for some reason. I think it's because it's an uh, Maureen O'Hara was in it. She's Irish or whatever. But um, like, it's like a, a very controlling mother, basically. Um, I don't know. Yeah, his his 90s stuff is, is just kind of. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and yeah, then he goes Beethoven and, and Dennis the Menace and Baby's Day Out and Miracle <laughs> yeah, for on 34th it's... Street's okay. And then 101 Dalmatians and Flubber. And just it's just visiting. like, those are, those are, they're bad movies. Like, yeah. I, I, I check out at Home Alone and that's, that's, yeah, yeah. I think you're, I think you're good to just stop at Home Alone. Um, because I, you know, Home Alone has its faults, but I still think that the core of the movie mostly works. Uh, I think that there are some problems with it, and those problem and most of the problematic stuff is the stuff they bring back for the sequel. So the sequel is just like 
a disaster but like the first one had still has like some heart to it instead of just like a cloying cash grab that the second one is that <laughs> kind of forgets like how slapstick is supposed to work so it's kind of hilarious like he's just so violent he would have killed him a thousand oh yeah times. no i mean the other thing is like all the traps work in the first one and the traps in the second one are like horrifying this kid is a sociopath <laughs> He's throwing like bricks yeah. from like yeah. a, at the top of a yeah. There's a big difference between like empty paint cans and bricks and like yeah and like yeah. I just like flat out electrocuting people like I and the, the other the big thing too is that it's just like that sequence is just there for the sake of being a it was a popular sequence in the first one but it's just like he has no reason to like set the traps for the bird like he's defending yeah, his he's home in the first them. one he's just torturing torturing them in the second one yeah and donald trump's in yes well i mean i, I do like the I, I do like the the whole hilarious um uh, uh like uh, deep fake edits and that have replaced the cameo with uh with other celebrities my favorite being uh replacing him with adult macaulay culkin uh, <laughs> oh that's kind of great <laughs> yeah no i still love uh the headcanon from emily and i that really the third movie is or at least somewhere down the line kevin McAllister becomes the collector from mm-hmm. the collector in the collection because yeah it, it it kind of fits in like maybe your bridge movie is uh the good son yep but yeah good we've times. explained that on our other podcast yeah, no. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's just playing the same character, getting more and more sociopathic as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Until he's, you know, a full-on serial killer that sets up saw-style traps in a house to capture his prey. As you do. As you do. All right, gang, it feels like we're grasping at straws. So um, who wants to give their first holiday or holiday? God, we're doing it this way. We're we're doing the holiday holiday already instead of yeah, instead apparently. Of Cedar, screw it. Okay. I mean, when people say happy holidays, they do kind of refer to Thanksgiving, and this is a Thanksgiving movie, so he is technically correct. The best well, kind, the best of, kind correct. of correct. <laughs> uh, I mean, since I just chattered away here, I guess I'll go first. Um, I would say see it. It is this so. You know, I know that this is a classic. Funnily enough, this is still my first time seeing it. And I, while I recognize that like not all of the humor holds up, um, I still find parts of it funny. Um, I find John Candy surprisingly like endearing and like, you know, he tugs at my heartstrings a few times, genuinely. Um, And, you know, it's not like the greatest movie ever created or anything, but like it's, you know, a solid thing to throw on around your family and, you know, shock your grandma with that one scene. So uh, <laughs> see it. Ah, I'll go next. It's a screw it. I was just so bored. I, 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 like Emily, this was my first time watching it, even though it is a classic. I just kind of wanted the emotional beats to hit me harder. I thought John Candy's really good. He gives a really good performance. But honestly, it's just like Steve Martin's just such an entitled jerk the entire time. I'm just like so not interested in watching his story. I don't care. 
I don't want him to be a better person. I just want him to go away. Um, and it's a shame because it's like, I like Steve Martin and other stuff. And, but in this, it's just like, I just don't like your character. I don't find it funny. Um, and I just don't want to deal with you. And like, you know, I like John Candy's stuff enough, um, especially in kind of the less comedic, more heartfelt scenes, um, because I feel like he kind of, uh, he, he, he's a little overplaying it in some of the comedy bits, but, um, but, you know, overall, I was just kind of bored and wanting this movie to end. Um, so it's a screw it for me. Uh, it's a see it for me. Uh, I still really like this movie. Obviously, you know, time passes, so it's not like, and most comedy is kind of based on a at least a little bit of an element of surprise. Um, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's not a, a perfect movie by any means, but I, I think uh, it's got amazing performances. I like the I like the pacing of it. I think it's got like uh a, a nice adventure feel to it. Um, which which adds a lot while keeping it at like a brisk 90 minutes on like another movie I like like Midnight Run which is like two hours they need, need that time to get to that place but I think that they get you know everything that needs to be done in this movie done in the in the 92 minutes um, the uh, interplay between them works really well for me um, and I don't hate Martin that much you know to to want i want to see him redeemed i guess like it doesn't seem like that awful a person um and yeah good like it watch it <laughs> that is all um yeah i'm very similar to at least emily and porik uh I, i'm a holly <laughs> what, not like me <laughs> no one's like um, you dan well, Dan is one in four. Um, but no, I like, am I going to sit down and actively watch this movie again anytime in the next five years, if not more? Absolutely yes. not. <laughs> am I going to be upset if it's on in the background at some family party instead of like sports? Which, you know, it's sort of 50 50. Um, no, yes, I'm not going to Sports be are more entertaining than this. Well, also, it's my family, so it's more likely that sports will be on. Um, but no, I, I really enjoy this movie. I Similar to Pork, I really like the interplay between Steve Martin and uh, John Candy. Uh, I, like, I think that's why I dislike how in, how hard that hotel room scene goes when he's just like calling out all of his bullshit. Because I want to like Steve Martin and like that scene makes it very difficult to like empathize with him, at least for me, because he's just like, it feels so needlessly cruel, you know? I I agree that it does, but like that, that that's, it happens early in the movie. So for me yeah. personally, anyway, it gives and then the rest time of it is for like him redemption. to be redeemed. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's, it's still like it. It's just that scene again it like it feels needlessly cruel <laughs> uh but no overall i find this to be an enjoyable movie i'm glad it's brisk i, I would love to fucking see the three-hour cut of it because it's got to be hot garbage um how does this movie work as a three and a half hour cut <laughs> like... it doesn't 
I would guess that there's a lot more filmed Dave? inside of the house because that's all like the, the interior exterior is all like custom built and cost them like a hundred thousand dollars and really pissed off the executives at Paramount. Was that ever an actual real cut though? Like, uh, they uh, there, there was there was no. a three hour rough cut. They just have a ton of footage. Yeah, like, yeah, they had a ton of footage, ton of scenes. They cut it down to like two hours and started screen testing from there. I mean, it's pretty common, right? Yeah, from what I from what I've heard. They got Maybe more so back then. Tight ninety three. Well, yeah. also with ninety three minutes, you can get in more showings in a day. You can. Right. Uh, also ship it for less because it doesn't weigh as much uh oh yeah back when they were using physical film (laughs) yeah it it wasn't just sending a fucking usb to a theater yeah like shout shout out to the actual reality of shooting this movie in you know 87 or whatever like there's so many locations the the sets are really fucking cool like the little hotel sets are really well decorated mm-hmm. that second one they go to both me and emily agreed that they had a really terrible painting on the wall that was so tacky and we both wanted it <laughs> um, yeah there's a lot of detail and charm like dotted around this movie you know like well and, i mean you know it's made in the 80s things. when people actually cared about production design instead of being like yeah. ah we can add in shit and post and it's yeah like, just do it all you. green screen yeah just do it all green screen and it's just like it looks like shit when you do it that way stop doing it that way but <laughs> it really does it really does and it's mm-hmm. like like glaringly obvious of like how little like you know one of the big things that i always like i just remember what watching Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and like one of my friend's dads was like super pissed off that there was like a digital clock when he's like right right before the and it's just like it wouldn't be a digital clock it'd be a flip clock um and it's just like I and it's like he's right and it's just like the fact that they didn't have that attention to detail yeah it's annoying so they have asked so much stuff like that now yeah. and and even as someone who's not it's like details based all the time it's all that is like subconsciously making the movie feel more real to me. Yeah. You know, like it's even if it's not something you're, that's instantly apparent, it's like he's on the bed. The bed is really shaking. You know, it's like and and especially comedies now, probably just because they have no fucking budget to work with. But like there's just so much terrible CG. I mean, even that that no hard feel, no hard feelings. Lots of awful CG shots in that movie of, like, anytime yeah. he, like gets hit. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather you throw a mannequin in front of the car than a fucking terrible cheap CG shot of someone getting hit by a car. Like that. Looks yeah. Like no. I mean, and yeah, it's just like the spaces don't feel lived in, and it's it's weird of just how lazy production design frequently is these days. Um, so you know, I mean, and that's another thing. It was part of Freeze White Love of the room is because the production design is so horrendously bad everything looks like a set the entire time so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's like it's poking out the edges of the yeah. camera you can just see it i love that <laughs> but all right that is a 3-1 holly yay the, the good side Woo. Uh, sorry Grinch <laughs> or whatever the thanksgiving can i smoke is. now <laughs> <laughs> all right um Pork, you watch movies somewhere. Uh criticar.com slash Marlurk. Uh this Dan, is one of got... a very highly rated movie for me. I might take it down just a teensy bit after this watching, and then I go, oh my god, I don't know. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so I've I've had some mild influence. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're gonna like increase your rating on it. I was spiking. I rate on a hundred 
<laughs> point scale and yeah it's maybe going down one or two <laughs> <laughs> um dan you've got webcomic yeah 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 you can check out my webcomic at withfetus.com emily we have other podcasts we do have other podcasts, other podcasts called New England Beer Reviews. Uh, it's a little inconsistent, but uh, we just released one couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple I don't weeks know. ago. Man, fucking time blurs together. What do you want from me? Um, yeah, check that out on things, probably wherever you found this, and it happens sometimes. <laughs> cool uh one really wants to smoke <laughs> i mean i i, I want to smoke too um we've been cedar screw it i've been tj alongside emily dan and porik you can check us out on facebook x uh <laughs> you can see what i'm watching at letterbox.com backslash s-i-o-s-i i need to get good about checking that shit in again uh i got super burned out by like all of my october check-ins that i just keep on forgetting about it I got to check in Blue Beetle. Um, I don't even can... know if I want to watch that. It's okay. It's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like all the superhero stuff is generic, but all the like stuff with his family, I like. So, yeah. All right. yeah. Um, you can also give us money at patreon.com backslash S I O S I. That's the initial of our show, just like the letterboxed. Yeah. Definitely do um, that part. Yeah. Uh, Anybody got a final word? If not, I, I got I got something. Just doesn't fit right. What? You're fucked? Oh, I, that's better. I was thinking those aren't pillows. <laughs> those aren't pillows? <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, uh, totally. I said that to Pork last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you kiss me? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows? yeah those aren't pillows. those aren't pillows those aren't pillows yeah uh, yeah that's the joke you're fucked ha ha <laughs> yay <laughs> bye bye, bye. <laughs>